We both know how it's gonna go down, so... <laughs> so... You might be, you might be advertising, oh yeah, I'm the light dude, but clearly you're going in the dark. <laughs> what do you... What do you mean, dude? What do you mean? What do you mean? Discuss that. Well, Sidebar. Sidebar. Clearly, you're going to go to the dark. As evidenced by what? Chat, I want you to leave this alone. Don't even. Okay, Faisal, go. Okay. Exhibit A, your background. It's super dark. It's colors I like. There's red. There's also blue. Right? Exhibit right. B. Okay. You keep calling me the social bunny. <laughs> How's that exhibit B? That's beautiful. Everybody, lo everybody loves know. Faisal the social bunny. All right, exhibit further exhibits. We're going to need some tangible evidence. <laughs> Nothing? Hmm. As he awoke, the Pathfinder had recognized great value in honing his craft for the adventure ahead. He realized the importance of making choices wisely. Spellcrafting was indeed a delicate process. did not come without risk, as many crafted theories and ways to augment the skills they had honed. In waking from his dreams, he was sure he must choose to wield the light of dawn as he endeavored ahead with the words of his old friend, the cleric, in mind. Welcome to Ash's Pathfinders your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorgan. I am joined by my returning Pathfinders. Welcome back, Daedalus. Hello, everyone. Also, everybody, and I know my favorite social buddy, Faisal, welcome back. <laughs> Hey <laughs> brings joy to me every time I get to say that. I'm telling you, I feel like sometimes I wait just for Sundays for my my moment in time to, to at, call at, upon. At one point, I'm going to turn into Bugs Bunny, <laughs> just so you know. It's <laughs> awesome, man. Hey, before we uh, before we dig in too far, friends, right? Um, I've got to give a big shout out to all of you who support this show all of you imperial flames here uh that support us here on twitch uh youtube patreon thanks for keeping the community's flames bolstering greater each week also a shout out to the home of this podcast asheshq.com the community curated site for all things ashes of creation friends and yo we we usually <laughs> we're usually at the end of the month doing the show and having the the last live stream at the end of the month having already happened the development update live stream but we're it, it's mm -hmm. a little we're getting we're getting a twist for this november you see because monday is the live stream not the end of the week but the end of the month which is the 30th tomorrow so we'll be covering that next week friends on the next pathfinder show episode 103 um also it does not leave us with nothing to talk about because today we're going to be talking about spellcrafting or augmentation. That's a good time. I've been looking forward to like just kind of picking the brains of my fellow Pathfinders here on the show. So we're going to be doing a little mm -hmm. bit of that today. Uh, 
I'm going to go on ahead and we don't have a call in for today to, to, to go in and play. But remember, you can call into the show at one five three nine six six four six eight zero one. No iTunes reviews, but if you do leave us one over on iTunes, you give us a five-star review, tell us all your ideas around the show and Ashes, and maybe give us a big old attaboy, you could do that, and we'll read it here on the show. Um, also, nothing nothing in the mailbag today, but uh, you can leave us an email over at ashespathfinders.gmail.com. And we do have one comment to read, and this comes from our buddy Gamer, who is a dedicated Pathfinder Ooh both in the chat and in our Discord community. So shout out to you, Gamer. Um, and this one's for a little bit of the lulls, and I don't feel bad about my stance on this, okay? I don't I don't feel bad, but he's been going back, and he's been going back and actually listening to all the episodes. Like, there's a handful of people that have been doing that. He's one of them, right? And mm -hmm. he said, I promise not to comment on all of them, but what the... E the fuck you don't normally have an interest in dwarves they're the they're only the best race it's okay i believe aoc will help you to see the benefits of being a short powerhouse <laughs> buddy look he ain't wrong <laughs> look buddy uh it's not that i it's not that i disagree that dwarves can be a powerhouse right i salute you friend you know but but they're not the chosen ones. I'm, I mean, I hope not. They might be. You don't know. We don't know. What <laughs> imagine if they be. I could just imagine Sim's face <laughs> in the near future. Yes, I am a dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, could I have a race change token somewhere in here? <laughs> like, <laughs> yo, everybody in chat, man. Chat is popping as usual. Much love to the Ashes fam. To the Pathfinders in chat. All the homies here in this community, man. You all are freaking awesome. Love all the people here that gather around this central flame, you guys. And so we have the live stream tomorrow, which is November 30th, 11 a.m. PST. Uh, I already talked about how we're going to be covering that. Um, also, we usually do on this channel, we usually do. <laughs> here he is in chat. Dwarves rule. Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> Look, I'm trying really hard to not play too many. I don't want to have. I don't want to be an altaholic. I feel like in Ashes of Creation, if you're an altaholic, you're working, man. the The path to like gaining experience is not one for the faint of heart, right? This isn't one of those games where you like jump in and you're like, "Awesome, I'm gonna level my alt tonight and be done by the end of the." Nah, man, that ain't happening. <laughs> not in this game, man. So nope. And I know me, so I'm going to try really, really hard to just have one character for at least the first year. I'm going to try really hard. But we'll kind of see what happens. If if I become an altaholic player, uh, I will definitely have a dwarf. Uh, I just don't know exactly what. Probably like, a, I'd probably make a fighter dwarf, honestly, if I did. But we'll, we'll get to that. Um. Anyway, I got distracted. So... Yes, we usually do a segment at the usually it's like a, the last Friday, right, of the month is usually when we they do their live streams. And then we do mm -hmm. a post show discussion. And the beauty of that post show discussion here on the stream is we take I basically we go over it. We watch it live here. We're not live. We, we play it back here when I'm live and the community like kind of contributes their thoughts. And we've 
we've consistently been taking those questions, those thoughts, and we tie those into the podcast. So, you know, be sure to drop by uh, tomorrow after, well, basically whenever I go live, because I will definitely be taking questions, your thoughts, gathering them over the course of the week, and we'll definitely be, you know, uh, integrating those thoughts and questions into next Sunday's show. So, um, also, this is the last live stream before we start doing Alpha 1 testing, albeit... Alpha one testing for the month of December will not be a non NDA one, which means they won't, people won't be streaming it, you know, unless they want their account banned. <laughs> so don't do that. Friends making choices, keep your account. Right. Uh, and so basically next, uh, next live stream after this one will have been after that test has happened. And that's kind of a big test because there's going to be a lot of people playing a lot. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see just, just overall in the, at the uh, live stream at the end of um, next month, uh, at the end of what, December, it's going to be very interesting to see what their feedback is for the community and, and what they actually choose to like show everybody, like what footage they might take, um, what moments they may capture and actually showcase on that live stream, but also what problems they may encounter. And if they're communicating those things, they've been very transparent about things and delays. And so, you know, we'll get a snapshot as to like, you know, the, the pros and cons, the good, the bad, and, you know, the potential ugly, but, um, you know, we also got, yeah, I probably should have shown that. I'm going to leave that up there. So that's it right there. So people can see live stream tomorrow right there. The the live stream question submission already ended, though. So, yes, you know, kind of the, it ended earlier than anticipated. Yeah, um, like the 23rd, right? I was like actually surprised it was the yeah. 23rd and not like because like they usually end very near to the date of, of the actual live stream. Right. This one was like by a mile. Yep. Yeah, I was a little surprised that it was it was the twenty third when it ended as well. I was a little shocked. It was not an anticipation, but you know, whatever, man. Look, the the November, December months are always a little a little spotty because you've got people, you know, with their families, like doing the holidays. Um speaking of which, I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving if you celebrate it. Mine was mine was pretty awesome. Not gonna lie, it was great. Got to actually see my mom. I haven't seen her in months because of everything going on of course she was wearing her mask she's a nurse so she was wearing her mask and we were doing the social distancing thing and it was like i love you from afar but we were playing it safe <laughs> hopefully everybody <laughs> hope hopefully everybody was you know everyone staying safe out there and you know i just kind of meet the community i want to say take care of yourselves uh with everything going on the winter months are when viruses prosper so take those precautions stay safe take care of yourselves man I uh, really want everybody to, to just be well and safe this, this year through the season right now. Um, we also got the cosmetics leak for the next Ooh. month. We got the one image, but oof, man, I mean, I don't like, I don't want to spend a whole stream talking about it, but I, dude, they're stepping their game up, man. Yeah. They've been Love stepping them. it. Yeah, they have been stepping it up. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no, this isn't a new shirt, Silvermane. This is a vintage. People are like, did the game already release? I Someone left a comment one time. They're like, did the game already release? This is, how's it vintage? Evan? I'm like, <laughs> vintage means of a past time, right? Past mm-hmm. time in games development, a.k.a. Vintage. Yes. Because I don't know that we're going to see it, but I've actually had this one and I got a, um, a gray shirt that's like this, but the um, logos and uh, kind of like black outline or whatever. And yeah, I've got I've got one other one for when I went to the studio. But yeah, I don't I don't wear it all the time. I'm trying not to like wear it out completely before the game launches. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I try to keep it in shape, man. <laughs> you know I mean? It's fine, Sam. It shows you the battle scars of that shirt. <laughs> so forge torn shirt. It's journey through all of the testing phases with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody hey got a lot of new, i see some new new names in chat welcome in friends so uh yeah guys uh what do you in chat too you know if you're listening to this later like thoughts on i'm looking i'm hoping to see you know them snapshotting a few more of the potential cosmetics coming up but they might wait until they usually do showcase the ones that are coming up anyway but yeah what do y'all think about this uh direction they've been going it's definitely like um I would say unexpected. Um, I would have to say, you know, I do like the fact that they're adding kind of elemental effects and it's kind of more subtle and you still got traditional armor. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I heard somewhere, I think it was, might've been in the official discord, how somebody doesn't like glowy eyes. I'm like the glowy eyes make it here. I oh, mean, I just, come on, baby. I yeah. Love I mean, yeah, yeah, this looks really good. Come yeah. on, glowy eyes are my jam. What about what do you think, Faisal? Oof, this this puts me on theory crafting mode, and I like the art design as well. Yeah. Like, uh, because the the designs are really nice. They show you a different aspect slash armor that we used to get. Because most of the armor are either very in tune with the with the environment or the aesthetic that they're looking for, like. When it was Halloween, it was pumpkins, um, dark, serious, all that. But with this one, it's it's kind of a blend of both. It does give you that winter feel, but it also is very subtle because of that uh, armor pieces in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a. I think it's. Pretty- <laughs> I, I saw some people chat. I was hoping for a snowy pack this winter, ice even better, and then. I know it says hits the pocketbook. Love the frost skins. <laughs> I'm actually like I love glowy eyes. I like eyes like that in games. Like it's it's actually this one's really cool. It actually gives me. I'm not saying it looks like the Elder Scrolls Online, but it kind of has like there's they've had some pack stuff that came out where there was like this you know element of uh, well the elements to weapons and armor and stuff, but I feel like even in this right here they've just done it so much better. I. I I hate to say it, but I really do. I feel like this looks really good. And, and they've we're getting to places right now where we're starting to get renders. Like Gen C's always out there rocking it and doing a really good job with the, you know, the all of the the you know character design and creature design. And you know, I am the weapons look really cool. Um it mm-hmm. one thing I've like wondered about is to what degree might we see the weapons uh, have attributes uh, similar to like enchantments that show or elements that show. And this one specifically really is giving me a strong element vibe to the weapons. 
Um, and you even see like the mist underneath their feet or not the mist, but the cold, uh, the frost or whatever that's down there. Mm-hmm. And I can't help but wonder like what kind of uh, weapon enchantment sort of element we're going to get to see in the game, armor enchantment element. Um, those are things I actually just really love. I mean, World of Warcraft, I feel like did a pretty good job with it. Um, but you know, World of Warcraft's also quite dated at this point. So, you know, to see something like that, uh, would be, you know, to see some, some significant, uh, element or just like enchantment to weapons and armor. Oh man, I'd love it. I would absolutely love it. Uh, no, you Z said, leave, leave wow alone. I, look, I'm not picking on wow. It's a, it's a damn opinion. I'm going to stick with my opinion. You ain't got to like it. No one's got to adhere to it, but I'm going to share it because that's what I think. Oh no. I'm so bored. Ashes hurry. <laughs> like automatically just counters it with leave while alone. But I'm so bored. Ashes hurry up, please get here. Well, that, not to just like start anything, but yeah, definitely yeah. I agree that WoW's cosmetics have just gotten less and less appealing to me. I mean, yeah. the classic stuff for sure, and maybe a few tiers here and there. Um, but I'd have to say. Ashes, the cosmetics are just a new, a completely new level, and you can definitely see WoW's yeah. age at this point. Yeah, yeah. So they're stepping up their game, I guess. You know, I'm gonna kind of like move this question up before. Um, I was probably gonna like place it at the end. I wanted to kind of just ask, like, what are your guys's uh, before we get into talking about spellcrafting augmentation. What are some of the things that you're you're actually kind of hoping to see um, coming up in the live stream? Everybody has different ideas about this. I'm hoping we get like a, a new video that shows um, maybe a little more gameplay, a little, you know, just kind of something that, you know, hypes up everyone for the next level. So I would I would say, yeah, I would love to see something like that in mm-hmm. the stream, sort of um, in-game stuff. Yeah, what about you, Faisal? I was going to say they would tell most of their uh, alpha testers what they're about to experience. But I said no, because um, they're, they're, going to for a big, they're going for a bigger audience. So they should be looking more about the gameplay, I would assume. Maybe, I don't know, really. They're most probably going to talk about the cosmetic. That That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know what they're... This yeah. one's going to be a mystery. I mean, we know we're definitely gearing up for, for Alpha 1, you know. Uh, but gameplay mm-hmm. is something I'm seeing in chat. Want gameplay. Want gameplay. And yes, yes, I know I answered Z in chat. So what about the, the shirt? Um, I'm actually going to be wearing that tomorrow. Um, and also, it's going to be in a video on me uh like i'm aiming for the next day or two um essentially either the 30th or the first of december and then um the artwork that i was working on for steve uh, of steven it is in progress it's actually behind me up on a shelf i've been i've been chipping away at it but i've had some other things that have come up that have taken some time um but yeah i'm gonna be working on it more this week steven's particular art piece um by the way is is taking me longer than the other ones i'm gonna be doing uh would take because of the fact that it's a real person and not just, you know, like, you know, a character 
character art design or something that I'm actually doing. Um, so anyway, update on that because people in chat were asking about it. But um, yeah, I think, I don't know, man. I'm not so much on gameplay. I actually would like to see maybe a snapshot of a game system that might be in Alpha 1 testing um, that they haven't shown yet, but that we can expect to be dabbled with in the Alpha 1 testing in December so that hopefully we can have a follow-up on that as they reference it, it's tested upon, and then like feedback potentially could be given. In a perfect world, that would be my my uh my siege hope. mechanics. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about siege mechanics. I would say just you know, anything we have really seen, like, you know, maybe I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe maybe siege mechanics. Maybe maybe actually showcasing that in the world, but I don't know that they're gonna have that. I, I kind of want to <laughs> say I actually would like to see that. Yeah, okay, chat corruption. I actually would like to kind of see that. Mm. Like, it would be cool to see that. I'm not exactly sure at what point they're planning on integrating that into something we see, though, um, as players, right? Because they're testing systems. That's a big system. That's when I think that to test early on is probably going to be wise because you might iterate upon that significantly. Um, oh, big time. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I, I would like to see some of that. I, I would. I want to say class stuff. I'm actually a little surprised we haven't seen more releases on the other archetypes already. With the 18th being coming up, you know what I mean. I'm actually really shocked we haven't seen that yet. Yeah, maybe they'll start kicking it off now that the holiday's done and kind of go week by week because what they have what three or four more classes to do. Yeah, so I mean, if they do it one a week. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. I mean, you got like the tank, the mage. Uh, we've already got the cleric. Um, probably getting the ranger, I think, and fighter, if I'm not mistaken, is the one that they said would be the fifth. So, mm-hmm. you know, it may be in that order. I don't know. Um, hopefully, we'll see that soon, though. Um, anyway, let's let's go on ahead and dig in. Talk about spell crafting or the augmentation system now. We'll just start this off by talking about there are, there are four domains in which we currently know that augmentation can occur for the player um, to uh, make changes to their, their skills, um, kind of alter the way that it not only functions in um, its overall mechanic and design, but also augmentation factors into visual appearance of things, right? For example, religious systems can... You might see that. Um, you might see that with other ones too. But, you know, one of the points that Jeffrey Bard had made was, you know, he said, you're going to see augments being used a lot throughout a lot of our systems. Um, we're mm-hmm. talking about the guild system. We're talking about social organizations, talking about religions. A lot of those things are going to be, are going to affect uh, what, what you have available to augment your skills with. Um, so some of those things may be visual uh, and almost cosmetic in appearance. And some of those might be foundational in which they change the actual dynamic of the skill. And that, uh, a primary example, that is something we're going to talk about a little bit in the future here, which, when the future being the show here in a little bit, uh, is going to be talking about class skills because we already know that the one of the biggest ways you will fundamentally change your primary skill set for your primary archetype is what you choose as a second. What your secondary archetype choice is because that will significantly augment the primary skill set. Um, so 
specifically we'll touch on social organizations and religions. Now to piggyback off of that, we did talk about religious augments a bit last week when we talked about the cleric, um, specifically because the cleric itself, well, what does that do? I mean, a cleric is probably going to be uh, more in tune with their deity. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so as a result mm -hmm. of potentially rising to the top of their order, uh, a cleric could potentially have some real interesting flavor to their skills, um, but so could anybody rising to the top of an order. Um, but that was a reference point we made to the religious system. The guild, I want to put a pin on this, guild augmentation. Okay, and I'm going to write that one down so we can come back to it in a little bit. Let me talk about the religious augments specifically, right? Religious augments are considered top-tier achievements within a religion. The augments can be stacked on top of class augments and will give or will have a give-and-take system based on the choices a player makes? Question mark. So let's talk a little bit about our ideas around what would make guild augments interesting and how that might play out for in your all's minds. I mean, that's a tough one for me. I mean, I'm not like I can maybe wrap my head around religious augments, mm -hmm. social org augments, racial augments. But I'm like, as far as like guild augments, I don't know how that would work. Right. Again, you know, maybe there's, you know, some, uh, you know, depending on what skills your guild chooses as they level up. Perhaps there might be some benefit like in like a bartering skill right. or bartering augment. Mm -hmm. That might be good, um, you know, influence augment, but I'm just not really seeing kind of that as kind of a skill that I would apply. Yeah, I, I'm just, I, I would like to know more about kind of where each of these augments play um, to be able to get it. Cause I know there's a, a good question in chat from Brown Rice around, you know, well, are, are the augments at least outside of the class stuff going to be, just cosmetic or is there some other effect and that's something that i would like to know a little bit more i mean i would expect guild ones would be more cosmetic in nature because there's only so much you can do without people like stacking a bunch of benefits and perhaps overpowering certain skills i mean i don't know if augments are going to have like a plus and minus to them as well that would make them mm -hmm. interesting mm -hmm. kind of and and not to necessarily you know say that I would I would like this, but potentially something like what you know WoW did with the last you know expansion around corruption, where there was kind of you had some sort of negative effect attached to something that was potentially powerful, and you had to kind of balance it. And while the system itself I wasn't a total fan of, I do you know I do see the benefit of maybe doing that so people don't necessarily you know stack a bunch mm -hmm. of positives and have no drawback to it so I, I don't know for for guilds I'm, I'm leaning towards it maybe being more cosmetic um per se or something that isn't necessarily uh you know fight related or or uh, you know pve pvp related mm -hmm. yeah what, what are some of your thoughts around it Faisal? I agree with most of what Daedalus said, but I only disagree with the last point that he said. Like, it should be only cosmetic. It's not for any certain case. I understand where it comes from. 
Um, but you also have examples like uh, Elder Scrolls, where you had the point system. You had uh, what's it called? Um, Final Fantasy, for example. You actually had to go to a guild and the skills that you needed to fight. And um, they also give you some. Uh, um, so, my perspective of guilds, uh, passive or whatever you uh, would you like to call them, would be the same thing as Daedalus said for any other, like, religious um, augmentations or passives that you would gain from them. Like, it would be the same thing for, um, for the guild. But I think the guild should assign itself um, before it actually continues. Is it a fighting guild, or is it a mages guild, or etc. Um, and you could put assigned passives, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting point. Like, they could potentially, how they spend their skills could provide augment passive augmentations that might be not not be too bad right it, mm -hmm. nothing game breaking but i think it would be good just like if they could provide some sort of passive benefits that are like you know maybe something Small along passive. That. yeah um, like you. maybe like a little bit of a bump in health a little bit of a bump in speed or something like that yeah. I, mean, I think that would be that would be good i hadn't thought of that but yeah that that makes a lot of sense basil yeah. So in the Elder Scrolls Online specifically, uh, the the parts that I think are interesting about those those like guild systems, as as they were talking about NPC guilds in the game, is you've mm -hmm. got like with the Mages Guild, right? Like there's a reduction to like magic a cost based on uh, yep. using a skill from the Mages Guild. Um, you know, however, if we don't get a skill set in Ashes of Creation that ties specifically to like, you know, a guild like that, a mage's guild, for example, then you could simply make it uh, tie into magicka abilities of uh, a certain type, an arcane type or an elemental type um, or specifically just mean, you know, as a you know mana user or as a, someone using a school of magic. Uh, then maybe costs are and real like like Faisal said like real small amounts. But then the choice is like, well, what do I want to put passes into? And um, it's nothing game breaking, but it's and and it definitely is a risk reward in that game too, because in that mm -hmm. game, in order to really benefit from putting passes in there, which are significant but not game breaking, you also have to choose to not use some of your own class abilities on your action bar and instead trade to use Mage's Guild abilities. Um, so those, that, that one's a good example. The fighters guild in ESO is also another good example. Um, and that ties into similar things, right? Like, you know, around using fighters guild abilities and you've got the thieves guild and, you know, and that one's like what things that you would think that it would tie into like thieving, being a thief, being sneaky. Um, and well, that would absolutely work in this game because there are already, uh, these missions that you can conduct as part of a guild and game, not player guild, but, you know, guild, uh, part of an NPC guild, like the Thieves Guild, for example, um, mm -hmm. where you can, you know, take a Thieves Guild potential quest and maybe go into an enemy guild, player guilds, uh, you know, uh, guild hall or fortress or whatever to kind of help sabotage or espionage or some of those things that we talked about previously. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, the layers there's a lot of layers with ashes similar to 
some other games, but that's where I want to leave the listeners, the viewers now, or people that get to check in on this later, or even us here. You know, with that in mind, when you think about spell crafting, crafting your, honing your your skill set, uh, whether it be sp- you know spells that uh, that are magic based or you know uh, physical based, you know, depending on your class and archetype or whatever. I really want y'all to think about like what are really good systems? What are ones that just worked really, really well? And not only well, but they were fun. They were fun to play, um, especially to all the people that are providing feedback. You're using your voices because these are things that the developers of Ashes of Creation, they actually listen to this stuff. So it may not necessarily change everything because it's their game, but they listen they listen to that feedback, they listen to the community, and that stuff can have an impact on those choices. And the most, you know, I mean, the, the beautiful thing that they've talked about, and you heard this from Jeffrey several months back, was, you know, we, right now, it, we're in the in the stages of the game's development where we can work on the foundation before we're building upon it in the future. And right now, it's not as costly or as problematic to rework some of these things because we haven't built on that foundation yet. And so that's where a lot of this stuff comes into mind. So anyway, this is something I could rant about for hours and hours. So we'll just kind of move on. We'll move on. So we talked about the religious, yeah, the religious augmentation. We know that top tier, uh, achievements, class augments, uh, can be stacked on top of class augments. And the way that that's been, discussed is that it you know could potentially change the visualization which makes sense you know if like uh you make it more holy you know, or corrupt depending on the religion right? <laughs> you know, harness the light of dawn right you know what i mean mm-hmm. harness the light of dawn. but you know maybe your your deity is the goddess of creation well what's the goddess of creation's avatar well we know it's a phoenix so mm. can you imagine how cool that could potentially be to rise to the top of the or of your order as a mage, right? Using maybe some sort of fire magic and getting this cool visual augmentation to that that like has Phoenix elements. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that brings us to class augmentation. So I'm gonna try Oof. not <laughs> to go too. I'm just going to kind of read through the the main bullet points around class augmentation. For someone who maybe isn't super familiar, um, we definitely haven't talked about it in this uh, in this you know um, like capacity in a while. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so primary skills, like we talked about for your class, are based on your player's archetype. Example: I'm primary cleric, or I'm a tank. Players can personalize their primary skills with augmentation from a secondary. For example, I'm a tank, and then I take cleric as my secondary. Well, what's that? That's a damn paladin, friends. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. So how would a cleric... <laughs> Listen, Faisal. We both know how it's going to go down, so... <laughs> <laughs> So you might be you might be advertising. Oh yeah, I'm the light dude, but clearly you're going in the dark. <laughs> what do you? What do you mean, dude? What do you mean? 
What do you mean? <laughs> Disgusting. Well, Sidebar. Sidebar. Clearly, you're going to go to the dark. As evidenced by what? Chat, I want you to leave this alone. Don't even. Okay, Faisal, go. Okay. Uh, exhibit A, your background. It's super dark. It's colors I like. There's red. There's also blue, right? Exhibit right. B. Okay. You keep calling me the social bunny. <laughs> How's that exhibit B? That's beautiful. Everybody, lo- everybody loves know. Faisal the Social Bunny. All right, exhibit further exhibits. We're gonna need some tangible evidence. <laughs> Nothing. Hmm. I might need to call some later quickly. Brandon Bill makes for epic. Yeah, not not anything else. Leave Roxanne alone and chat's what they said because. Okay, okay. Exhibit C, every time I get a fruit or a vegetable next to you, it goes black. <laughs> you, have to, yes. you have to have evidence to support that. You're going to need to get video evidence I mean, to support I, that. I, I, can, I can't get evidence. You're in goddamn America. <laughs> I'm all the way over here. <laughs> Pictures, homie. No, 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 because he'll just Photoshop that stuff. It's, it's all right. It's It's great. <laughs> Look, I, I, my main's going to be a paladin. I never said if I had an alt, he wouldn't play dirty like he'd be a rogue or something. Mm-hmm. I like to have my alt night, man. You know, I like to jump on a rogue and go run around and stabity stab somebody, like shank him with some poisons in game. Some like, you know, bleed effects and stuff like that. Just be like, chap, chap, chap. You know what I mean? Stuff I wouldn't do in my or paladin. At least, or at least hide from Steven. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, he might either A, beat that ass. Or B, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I log in the game and I can't loot anything. So I mean, you know, <laughs> basically the reality I'm living with here. I don't know what to say. It has been said in chat. I don't know what to say. All right, friends. Okay, okay, okay. Listen, we'll we'll take. I'm not a paladin. Fine, I'm a paladin. I'm not a paladin. Paladin's rule. I don't care. So for each secondary arch- archetype, right, it's going to offer different schools of augmentation. Each augment school affects a primary archetype skills in different ways. For example, mages, uh, mage offers teleportation and elemental schools of augments. These augments will affect a fighter's primary skills differently than a cleric's. Each augment has a level of requirement uh, and number of skill points required to activate it. Um, so the risk reward in this is the further down you augment a specific skill, the more points it's going to cost you. Therefore, you may not be able to uh, have that level of depth with the skill that you're augmenting for a lot of different skills. You might only be able to augment, you know, really far for one skill specifically that you really want to work and function in a specific way. As a theory crafter, that's a really great thing. Uh, how much available or what the availability of our uh, skill points will be overall at in game. That's going to be interesting to see. Um, okay. Obviously, we know that choosing the primary and secondary having the same archetype, like tank with a tank second, just increases a focus on that archetype. Augment, uh, augments to primary skills will fundamentally change the ways the ability works, adapting what the ability once did to incorporate identity of the second archetype. Um, progression system for augments is very similar to class progression systems. Changing the augmentation on your skills will require you to go to an NPC in a village node or higher um, in order to do that. And... Some spell colors and general effects change based on augments. So active skills could look totally different after an augment gets applied. That's pretty cool. So 
as a great example, we think about. But. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I saw what you wrote in chat. That's what. We're not going to let derail the show, but we're going to have a conversation in a little bit, friends, because, you know. So the, the mage is a good example, isn't it? You have schools of magic. Uh, you've got these el different elements. And so a mage is a really great example that I can think of when I conceptualize how something like religion or an order can potentially modify the skills. The Phoenix avatar is a great example of that. Um, the schools of magic and different elements is a good example of that. Um, the variations to how fire or lightning or, you know, an ice magic uh, spell works could be a good example of that. But what, what are some of your, your all's ideas around just what could really make this augmentation system so interesting? And what do you hope to see with it? Um, I don't know. You, do you have any thoughts, Faisal? I kind of would probably meander a bit, but did you have something on your mind for that? I mean, it's, it's not a matter of, like, I can already see how the augmentation might be. I don't think it's going to change a lot of skills, but maybe one or two. And if anything, it's going to change the... It's going to change the effects of that ability rather than changing this. Um, but I don't know, because like you have some combinations where, which is a little bit weird, like um, well, well, when you take a fighter with a, maybe an art, no, not an art, a bard, for example, how is that going to someone that super support augments with someone that super attack? Um, so... It's just going to be very challenging, and um, anything is changeable. We don't know how arguments are truly going. Mm -hmm. Only time will tell. <laughs> True. Yeah, I mean, a few ideas, I guess, of how they could potentially do it. I mean, definitely. I mean, we talked about passive effects. I think that's you know, that's okay. But if it's going to change your active skills, I mean, I would expect it would maybe play with like the range of a skill might be a way to do it or adding some sort of buff or debuff on hit or some sort of proc I think would be good though I'd probably lean away from anything that was really RNG based because hmm. that I think would not be as satisfying as saying like knowing hey if I really spent points into augmenting a skill I want to know that it's gonna you know not not go you know full sex panther on me and work 60 percent of the time <laughs> on of the time you know what i'm saying yeah. but um but i would say i mean i would like for example like uh, the you know the rogue class i think you might have you know some sort of poison effect or some sort of cripple i think would be cool as a secondary i could see elemental with the mage um, you know, maybe a, a small heal or heal over time with cleric. So there's definitely some options. And on your bard question, I think that could definitely, you know, go a number of directions. But I think it would be cool to kind of get, you know, some sort of, um, you know, passive benefit or debuff. Um, you know, one of the things that I thought would be cool is like maybe mm -hmm. 
depending on the fight, if you can swap out your augments at will, right? Mm -hmm. um, at least, you know, within a, a village node, it would be interesting to see if you could add resistance or um, some sort of extra kind of effect in terms of maybe dropping resistance on an enemy. Like, for example, I don't know, with a, a particular, you know, mage skill, you might add like, a, mm. you know, a, a debuff weakness to fire if you're a fire mage or weakness to ice or weakness to elements. I think that would be good because it would help you come up with augmentation builds and be able to change it, not necessarily on the fly, but within reason, depending on the encounter. And you're still kind of getting some of those benefits and being able to use it and you're not just kind of a one and done type of build mm -hmm. you can kind of go and play with it and that to me would make the system much more interesting because you have some mm -hmm. options to say okay hey in these these particular this particular dungeon or this particular raid i kind of need to play with this a bit so that i'm not necessarily doing the same thing every time and i you know i, I can kind of work with it a little bit more that brings me to another question. Do you guys believe that your skill tree um, should be blocked during mm -hmm. raids, um, during sieges, during uh, raid sieges? <laughs> oh. Or should, you, should that be open to, to change on the fly? That one's tough. They can't me. reset the entire tree, <laughs> but the augments as yeah, that that I think I can't really answer that until we get to where I can actually see it. I need mm -hmm. I need to see it because in some scenarios it may not really you know I mean there could be counterbalances to that uh, in mm -hmm. the equation like and that could be mechanics related specifically to those events um, or it could be mechanics related to oh who knows it could be it could be other other uh augmentation mechanics that are tied into other classes and further augments by a b or c whatever that is there's just so many so many different ways you can go with that that's one of those things i just like uh it's hard to it's hard to really have feedback until i can actually see it in some form mm -hmm. as it's playing out which is why it's so tough for mm. me to hypothesize things around the classes, for example, that we haven't even seen skills for yet. Like Rogue, for example. Let's take the Rogue, right? There's so right. many ways a Rogue could work, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, if True. you are you going to go like, I'm going to stabity stab, bleed, crit sort of a thing? I mean, because we've even had, we, we made a tie-in to this um, where, uh, you know, you could have one class that... Uh, you know, and Steven has actually talked about this, right? With the way the group dynamics can work, you could essentially uh, create a debuff that gets placed on an enemy that we're in a group fighting. That enemy can get additional uh, bleed damage, right? And that, as a result of that bleed damage, maybe backstabs are increased more. And now if you have a rogue and the rogue specifically uh, has skills where... Yeah, exactly. Like backstabbing is like a thing that you could potentially, uh, you know, have this greater bonus to something like that. But are we going to go that direction? Um, you know, are the schools, you know, for example, for like the rogue going to be, well, maybe I'm more of a backstabby, stealthy kind versus poisons or something like that. Ah, just uh, there's so many ways you can go 
with mm-hmm. a with a rogue or these classes we don't know summoner for example fighter i mean you're talking about a powerhouse earlier physical powerhouse man that's a fighter man right there's so I mean, many just questions to, yeah i i totally agree sim there's just there's so many ways they can go with any any of these classes right we've seen a taste of what they can do but definitely the more complex ones right like bard like rogue like you know summoner that's definitely yet to be seen but going back to Faisal's question yeah i mean i would prefer um and i i think it was troll who said it in chat um that you should you know they should make sure that you know one augment or one set of augments isn't best in slot for people and i think at one point jeff talked about they always want to push like the meta kind of you know to constantly be evolving so mm-hmm. i do hope that they limit your ability to change augmentations etc like in, in a raid situation like one thing that you know um you know other games that shall not be named do is they kind of give you an option to kind of change your you know your talents within a raid so yeah. you're always kind of trying to min max in a raid i i feel like that kind of takes away you know, not only from the, you know, for me, from an uh, immersion standpoint or from pro- progression standpoint, it just it just takes away and adds non-value added time to like a raid situation. Yeah. So I am hoping that they kind of you go in with what you go in and you've got, you know, some some pluses and some minuses and you kind of figure it out. And maybe the next time you go in, you're changing, you know, your or tweaking your spec. That's OK. But doing it in the moment i'm not necessarily thinking that that's at least it's not as interesting to me to be able to have to think about that every time maybe i go through an encounter i learn and then the next time i go in i'm gonna do it differently but not necessarily changing it in the moment it just kind of creates a certain type of behavior um for people too and and i think as well Mm -hmm. it kind of forces people into a corner to play kind of a spec a certain way or a class a certain way, depending mm. on the situation um, too, yeah. which I think is another thing that I don't like about some MMOs is that you, if you don't do X, Y, and Z, um, you know, you're considered not good. Like one of the things that my wife and I were talking about recently was, you know, this, uh, you know, this latest expansion from wow. And, uh, and how, you know, depending on which covenant you chose, you could potentially get locked out of doing certain content because people would say, no, we don't want to invite you because you don't have yep. the best in slot, you know, skills from a particular covenant. That just steams me to no end, right? Mm-hmm. I don't mind like looking for things that, you know, I like and they're having be some balance. But if somebody has an opinion and they want to force it on me as a player, that just aggravates me. And so I hope we have very you know limited to no types of situations where that min maxing comes into play so that people can play how they want to play versus being kind of you know pushed into a corner and saying oh no you've got to play this way because that to me would kill the creativity that you would get in and you have gotten in mmos in the past but like okay this i completely agree with on every bit of that I'm one of the people that loves to be creative when it comes to picking class. Yeah. But when it comes to these people, these 
people are coming in with a mission. <laughs> the mission to follow a guy to a certainty and scoping that vision to that one guide. Do not follow it. Well, you're not going to be the most efficient person in that grade. Which is understandable, don't get me wrong. I do understand their perspective. But... Um... It, it doesn't mean I should deny everybody else in order to play this. You know, like... Join and let's see what happens. You'll never know. He might have a better build than I would <laughs> if I follow that guide. And... Um, yeah, it's just it's just sad that how video games have evolved into a lot of guides in general, and people would focus just that vision scoping on. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean by the game you're talking about too. That was one of the main concerns I had about that too. Is it's just it it, it puts you in a box. It, mm-hmm. it forces people into a box. It takes away the creativity and, and player agency, at least in, for my in my mind, as that agency uh, re- rely or ties into um, you know like theory crafting and you know the, the the flavor that you can bring to your play style, the the variation, mm-hmm. the variety that you can have as a player to play in a way that you know while it is within the confines of a certain archetype, uh, allows for a little bit of you know independence and choice. So that you can play in a style that you identify with within that archetype. Um, so it's fun. Um, so that for you, the experience is fun and not just, I have to do it like this or I don't get in to this or, you know, I'm, I'm limited uh, or, you know, there's this barrier that's now uh, there as a result of me not making the choice to play in this specific way. Now, you know, should some, you know, I mean, taking skill out of the equation and talking specifically about style, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, because skill, skill is different, right? You clearly have to have the skill. It's just unfortunate when, you know, you think about uh, theory crafting and uh, augmentation, as we could talk about it, as the variety of skill choices and opportunities to diversify yourself as a player in that, within that construct of player choice. The issue is like, if you don't enjoy it, if it doesn't feel fulfilling, uh, then you're just kind of playing this way that you you feel like you have to in order to do it. And that's where you start, at least in my mind, it starts to feel like you're getting into this. I'm I'm doing a job like I don't do it this way. Then I, I'm not useful. I'm not you know relevant. I saw a comment in chat. Uh, I think that it was maybe Brown Rice. Uh, I, I could be wrong. Uh, it's gone up since now. But essentially, I, I hope that my uh, archetype or my my class that I choose is going to be relevant all the way through and that's 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 how I feel too like I don't I mean it's it's the worst experience to to pick a character a class invest in it and then not be useful or viable specifically because you are that class mm-hmm. I mean there's no other you know what I mean and then when you look at all of the achievements that as a player you've accomplished and invested into that, that potential, you know, that character of yours. It's like, there's this element of, well, now I have to go do a whole new one in order to just have that. And now I'm, I feel like I have a sense of loss around my accomplishments because they're tied to this character. Okay. Let's eliminate the fact that achievements can be fully account linked. Fine. Mm -hmm. Let's go that direction. 
well, I like really want to be this character. I want to play this way. And as a result, I'm not useful. I'm not, I'm not viable because I mean, that is to me, like if you want to talk about a heartbreaking experience, playing a game that you really enjoy and love that for me is Oof. it. Mm-hmm. Right. That is it. And it's also one of the reasons that I will just be like, and I guess I'm out, man. After X amount of time, I guess I'm going to have to tap out because I can't do what I love anymore. You took it away from me. There's not even a chance. And it happens. It legitimately happens. You know, and it's unfortunate that it happens. But I think that within Ashes of Creation, there's such a diversity and variety that that won't happen, that you will be useful. Now, the catch is, and I I love Steven and the team. I do, right? But this is the, in my mind, one of the most difficult elements in game development is keeping it so that the classes are all useful and viable and not going out down the road frequently traveled, which is, sometimes eliminating all these potentials and opportunities for diversity within all the combined possible skill sets you could use and bottlenecking you into this tunnel. That is the only way to be useful because those are the only combinations that are going to, to really give you the outcome to be useful. And it's, it's unfortunate because I've seen it happen. And when it happens, it really is, it is too bad because uh, I'm going to say Deal Scrolls Online as an example. And it's and I mean this with hmm. a, with a complete sincerity. There are so the thing that was so appealing to me about that game aside from the lore perspective was the fact that there was so much variety between the gear sets, between what could be crafted, what could be earned in a trial or a raid dungeon, etc. And the skill uh, trees that could be unlocked. And there's so many of those that just don't matter. No matter what your class, no matter what your role is. And it leads to that perspective that I mentioned. It's like, I'd really like to use this, but it's just not the way to go if I want to be useful. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And they set the bar high on that one. They have a lot to manage with that game. So where do you balance it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I definitely observed with Elder Scrolls is it's very overwhelming for a new player now that it's kind of had, you know, it's run. But one of the other things that I think is important to mention, too, is MMOs, for me, work best. Um, And I'm, I'm... Focusing right now on the PvE Mm -hmm. element, there's a separate point on kind of the PvP element. Mm -hmm. Uh, But from a PvE perspective, they work best when they're collaborative and they're inclusive. Now, in the like talking about PvP, right? Not to say that that's anything different, right? There's still like a collaboration and inclusion perspective of it, but there's also that level of, um, I think the way the devs put it is meaningful conflict, but I talk a bit, talk about it in terms of antagonism is kind of being able to have that push and pull in terms that sparks that catalyst for player versus player activity. But specifically talking about classes, I I definitely have had those feels bad feelings, you know, throughout my MMO career for choices that I've made, right. You know, 
initially mm-hmm. in WoW, the paladin was kind of laughable, right? Yeah. And and it was and it was the class that I stuck with through thick and thin, you know, for many years. And now I feel like it's definitely it's evolved into something that's that's likable for me to play. And I continue oh, to play God. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> um but but as far as um you know, as far as like what I'm looking forward to in Ashes, um, I would definitely say the relevance equation is really important to me. No matter what I choose, mm-hmm. I want to have a place. Um, and, and not to say that I'm not going to take advice from others, right? I'm, I'm not going to collaborate with people on what might be better in terms of skill choices. But I, at the end of the day, I don't want those choices. If, if I've found a way to creatively apply them, I don't want those to be saying, oh, well, you know, you don't have these particular augments in your, you know, fighter cleric. So, you know, your your high sword is going to have to take a hike. So, I mean, for my, that would, that would kill, and I agree with you, Sim, that would kill me as a player, right? It would make me not want to play the game. And, and, and I've had those situations in WoW where it's had me literally stop playing yeah. or play a completely different class. And then still begrudgingly play, you know, and hate the fact that I really like my paladin and I want to go back to my paladin. But I know that it's not going to, you know, I'm not going to get into the groups that I want to get into. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. From, you know, and that this has forced me to kind of find people that are like minded. Right. Which is, I guess, a good thing in the end. But still, um, it is it is a definite definite feels bad. So I do hope that the devs really make. you know, make this system as inclusive as possible and as collaborative as possible so that people can be creative and be rewarded for creativity. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I'm going to read this from a Daniels in chat. When others dictate how you're supposed to play, dot, dot, nah, bish. <laughs> yes. yes. True, man. It's so true. Look, and I agree. I think it was um, uh, your in chat, if I'm not mistaken, said, you know, uh, the Elder Scrolls Online has uh, it could be such a great game if they fixed it, the bugs and the issues, right? And this is where we go back to that talking about the foundation. I agree. Game has amazing potential, amazing potential, and it it's potential that it has not yet, in my opinion, lived up to. And I wouldn't want to see that be the case for Ashes. So you know, but I go back to something Jeffrey said when he was talking about the game design and I keep going back to this because it's something that I have, I have said on this show multiple times, ensure the foundation is solid and secure before you add the layers or the frame and structure on top of it. Cause if it is, it will persist. It will, it will, you know, be unwavering no matter what you do. There might be situations where something's strong, a little too strong, but that's that's development. That is class balancing. Class balancing, look, you guys, it, it is never going to be perfectly balanced. There's something that's going to be a little too strong. It's going to happen every patch. That is absolutely normal. But con- continuing mm-hmm. to be viable with your play, your your class and your choice as a player, that's super important. Um, mm-hmm. And in a lot of games choice around you know the race that you choose tends to be a thing too and that's another way that i think we get kind of like locked into decisions 
I've got to play it, you know, back in the day, what was it? You, every man for himself, which I think is the human uh, passive yeah. or whatever for or active ability rather for mm-hmm. um, PVP it specifically is beneficial in PVP. So they had the best passive for or the best, uh, you know, race for that particular element of the game for PVP. And that was an example of like, yeah, but what if I want to be undead? Oh, I could just munch on a corpse like that's really my thing. Okay, I guess that is a, that was the thing, by the way. So I can heal off of munching on a corpse. That's awesome. Um, so with racial augments and ashes, these augments are based on character's race and are available to each clay, each each class. These apply to abilities on a character's primary archetype. They affect how the ability works and can also apply cosmetic effects. Here's the quote on this one. In keeping with our theme of consequence, and unlike other games, race won't just be a matter of look with relatively inconsequential abilities tacked on. Instead, they integrate deeply into our class system, augmenting and changing the basic chassis provided by our eight core archetypes. Our goal here is to create a system where an elven fighter feels different but serves the same role as a dwarven fighter. The little stout powerhouse. So when you hear that, like the, in my mind, the caution is that if these augments apply to the abilities of the player, um, and we already know that race seeds the stats too. So that's another thing. So race seeds your stats. That's not game breaking. That's not going to be an issue because you can choose along the way ways to mitigate and, and shift that. No problem. Not a big deal. But how the racial augments will then tie into your primary archetype, you know, is it just going to be more of a cosmetic thing or, you know, is it going to actually be, if it's style, cool, right? I can see that work in a lot of ways. Like I can see it being in the animations. Mm -hmm. I can see that being in uh, effects of it. That might be unique to uh, the, you know, if this is a thing, could be unique to the way in which the mages that are elves uh, utilize the essence as magic versus the way the Kalar humans uh, might, right? And there could be differences between Empyrean and Pyrae, or Pyrian rather. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, that would make sense, right? I just mm-hmm. uh, I think the cautionary tale is don't uh, don't allow stats to get changed too dramatically so that it's that bottleneck effect. And again, I say this with all the love in the world, right? It is definitely uh, is definitely a difficult path when you're talking game development because I've seen a lot of developers over time go down the road that you know I don't know if it's easiest or you know the best avenue for whatever reason. But now Ash is a creation, absolutely has adhered to, this is the silver lining, the bright side, they have consistently adhered to the vision. And as long as we stay the course and the vision remains, then friends, spellcrafting, I don't think is going to be an issue. I think this could be a game where finally, 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 for me personally, theory crafting could be a thriving thing again. And oh, I hope so. I hope so. Any final thoughts, my friends here, my fellow Pathfinders, before we wrap this one up? 
No, I mean, I think you said it said it best. Is def- definitely, I'm hoping that they make good choices here and kind of building this out and, yeah. and make, you know, I, I like the idea of choice and consequence, right? Or, you know, risk and reward. So I do hope um, that the racials might have some, you know, modicum of power versus another race, like one choice versus another, but there might be a drawback, right? Again, a weakness um, that might come into play. So it's always balancing. So I'm hoping that's the case. Um, and, and on the foundation comment, there was one other thing I do. I do agree there as well. And something that Jeff said is they're trying to build a system that they can easily tweak, you know, different skills and, not and use different dials and it's not a major undertaking for them to balance classes or rebalance as needed which is also encouraging to me too that they're not building something so complicated that they can't go back and tweak it easily um i would definitely um, hope that 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 comes to fruition because that is also a great way that they can Mm -hmm. keep on top of keeping the meta just a constantly revolving thing so that there isn't you know always a BIS type of situation. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts for you, Faisal, before we wrap this up? No, you summed it up pretty well, as Dejla said. Um, Perfect. Only thing I'm going to say is basically keep stay, stay creative, people. Stay <laughs> creative, people. I like it, man. Right. Or I used to say defy the meta, but in this situation, I mean, there's always going to be a meta, but define the meta is great. You know why I like that term or that phrase? Because defying mm-hmm. the meta means you're trying to look for creative ways to essentially maybe potentially create the new meta or something useful and fun that is an alternative to what maybe everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, man, that's our show, friends. It's been a good one. It was a lot of fun to actually dig in and talk about the augmentation system a little bit more deeply here and yes the bunny is sinking aka Faisal is getting low it is getting he's completely out of the scene now so hopefully he'll be able so to I've, I've been ejected from the ship <laughs> you've been ejected from the ship that was an among us Faisal reference. Was not the imposter. listen i am a horrible <laughs> imposter everybody knows it i can't lie i just tried to talk about what i'm doing without actually giving too much information and then it gets completely ruined when someone's like hey sim what's your tasks and i'm like come on don't ask that question anyway i digress friends it's been a great time thanks for hanging with us much love to all of the ashes fam and this might be the end of today's show But in closing, I got to tell you all to remember whether you listen to the podcast, you're here with us live on Twitch, you you know, you check in with it on YouTube, you people that contribute, you're all Pathfinders here on this show, right? You're not just the Pathfinders are here on the roundtable. That's all of us in this greater community. Uh, We're totally honored to have you all here with us. As always, thanks for hanging, spending your time here and uh, much love to uh, all of you, Intrepid Studios. And friends, until next time, you all take care. You walk in the light. Have a great night, friends. We'll see you soon.